3: Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back into the Steelers Q and A. Back on a Sunday night, it's the bye week, so there's nothing happening today, and that's why we're here. I'm joined by a guest today. It's uh, not as special of a guest as I would have hoped for, <laughs> but I did get in my good buddy Andrew Wilbar. Andrew, how you doing, man?
4: After that introduction, I don't feel so great, <laughs> considering that you know as the second answer, but I guess I kind of have to take that, considering yeah. that I let you down. Last time I was supposed to be on the show with uh, sleeping in when <laughs> you're doing it in the morning. I'm like, man, this is really early because in the central yep. time, it's even an hour earlier here. i got to get up fairly early on Saturday, but uh, I I don't typically sleep through alarms. I had my alarm set. I woke up. I noticed that my alarm went off three times and I didn't hear any of them. I just randomly woke up halfway through the show <laughs> and I missed Jeremy's five calls. So I guess I That's kind of right.
3: deserved it. Yeah, maybe a little bit, but hey, I, I, let me just say this: you told on yourself because I chalked it up to technical difficulties last week. So, you know, <laughs> you just gave yourself up for no reason, man. I had you covered. <laughs> I'm just fair kidding. enough kidding. It's good to have you on, man. I was I was trying to get somebody from um, Pittsburgh Media to to hop on with with me this week, and he couldn't do it because of schedule conflicts. That's okay. Um, Andrew, you're not necessarily a backup. We were going to have you on next week. So, uh, we just bumped it up a week and, uh, got you on instead. So I appreciate you joining. looks like we've got a lot of people in the comment section already, uh, watching live. Thank you for, for hopping in here, Andrew, a crazy buy while we're waiting for the questions to just start pouring in because we have all the answers and, uh, the good folks listening know this and they're just going to like pour it on so that we can, uh, you know, solve all their Steelers issues. Um, how, how was your bye week Andrew? Did you do anything? Did you watch some football? Did you see that everything that could go wrong for the Pittsburgh Steelers this weekend did go wrong? Did you see that?
4: I'm going to be perfectly honest. I, this week, I probably watched the least amount of football that I have the entire year, just because of the way the schedule worked. But I tell you what, we cannot go a week with just normal NFL results. It's there are always games and the games that impact the Steelers each and every week. It just, yeah, we can't figure anything out, especially in the AFC North. We think we have everything figured out, and then the Browns win a game without Deshaun Watson. It's like, I know, not the best may, team and, in football. I, I I can't believe it. It, it just it's 2023. It's just been a weird year, whether you're a fantasy lover, whether you're not. I mean, there's just no consistency anywhere, but it, the true teams are going to still rise to the top like every year once we hit December and into January, yeah. and the best teams are still going to come out on top. It's the way the NFL works, but I'm telling you what, it's it's an intriguing in its own unique way because there's no way to tell what's going to happen from week to week. It's a little frustrating as a fan, but at the same yeah. time, it's going to keep everyone engaged into every single game.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Bring this up from from Afton Forehead, uh, what was the most surprising game today? To me, it was that that Browns-Niners game just because he got P.J. Walker starting against a basically full and ready-to-go San Francisco team that came out flat, honestly, and then lost some guys to injury, some important pieces. Debo Samuel went down. Christian McCaffrey went down. And it just it, – things kind of fell apart from there for, for Brock Purdy and the offense – I don't know about you, Andrew, but and it's not that I have anything against the guy. I, I think Brock Purdy's a, a decent guy, but I just I just don't like Brock Purdy, the football player, because Kenny Pickett drafted first round, twentieth overall pick. um, You know, sh- was supposed to be the guy for the Steelers. May still be. I'm I'm not saying he's not, but it had it's been rough. And then Brock Purdy, final pick of the draft, Mister Irrelevant comes in at markedly better circumstances, obviously in San Francisco. Uh, and just proceeds to wipe the floor with opponents. This was his first loss in a game he started and finished in his career, and obviously 12-game career so far. It's not a big sample size yet, but uh, personal vindication in the fact that when when his two of his best weapons go down, then he just looked lost out there. And I think that, I, obviously, I don't wish anything bad for the guy, but uh, you take away the superhumans around him a little bit and he also beca- starts to look more human. So um it, it just is kind of it's one of those things where if this doesn't open some eyes to the fact that hey, Brock Purdy's literally in the best situation for a quarterback in the NFL plus he's been playing probably above his head for a while here and I'm not saying that again, He's not a good quarterback and he can't take them places, but I just think a little bit of a little bit of reality sinking in for maybe people around the league after seeing big time players go down and, and him struggling. And then the Browns defense, man, that that's a unit right there that should terrorize every opponent coming up. Did you have a game, a different game maybe that surprised you?
4: I was definitely surprised by the jets and Eagles. Uh, I did not see any of that coming. I mean, If We're going to be perfectly honest. Even though things haven't been the prettiest, Zach Wilson has done a solid job of coming in in the situation he has. He's definitely shown growth from last year. It's nothing super impressive. He's not what I thought he was going to be. He's not really what anybody expected with all the expectations. But uh, he is coming in. He's kept the Jets in games. The defense has been playing well. And Eagles just weren't on their game today. So it it tightens things up. If Dallas can find a way to pull off against uh, the Chargers tomorrow night, There's just whenever we think that we have it all figured out with the top teams, Oh, something happens. It's the NFL. Anybody can win on any given week. And today was a perfect example of that.
3: Perfect example. It it truly is insanity. I mean, even the start of Panthers dolphins was insane. The Panthers jumping out to a 14, nothing lead on the dolphins. And you were like, okay, what's happening here. And then obviously the dolphins got it back together. And, um, you know, win big, another 40 plus point outing for them. They're on a, a scoring and yards pace unlike any other. Let's jump ahead, Andrew, here. Um, and kind of a plug you and I are going to be doing the Steelers fix on Tuesday, and we're going to be predicting the remainder of the Steelers schedule. So if you want to hear that, tune in on Tuesday afternoon at noon on the audio side. And you can find this podcast wherever you get your podcast. The Steelers fix. will be predicting that schedule. So I don't want to dive too deep into that, but we are going to have some questions tonight, obviously about the Steelers upcoming game. So I want to pop one up here from Vinny, Aguakun: How do you see the secondary containing Puka and cup next week? Should JPJ finally start? I'll open the floor to you, Andrew. The Rams look good again today against the Cardinals. The Steelers have their hands full with this offense next week and how do they contain it?
4: Well, to answer the second question first, yes, Joey Porter Jr. should be starting. He should have been starting already. But as it pertains to yeah, as it pertains to Puka and Cup, I don't think you necessarily need Porter's athleticism out there to stop them. You need savvy to stop these guys. Neither of them are the most extreme athletic guys but they're savvy. They know how to get open. I mean, even coming into the league, Cooper Cup wasn't that great of a route runner, but he improved in it, and he's always known how to get open despite his deficiencies in a lot of different areas, really, when you look at his overall profile. He finds a way to overcome those, and Sean McVay does a good job of scheming ways to get him open. The Steelers are going to have issues. They like running little rub routes with other receivers as decoys uh, to get, cut the ball. And, like, Nakua is a solid number two guy that they have. But Cooper Cup is just getting ramped up. He had another good game today, and he's not even – he hasn't even shaken all the rust off yet. So I think the Steelers really yeah. need to be concerned about Cup. I'm curious to see, though, what they do with Peterson. If Cup lines in the slot, do they move Peterson inside of the slot? Because Peterson's the guy you want on Cup because he's the only one who has the savvy to match uh, Cup. So I think that's the guy you put on him in this situation. I think that's the only way you can really contain Cup really at this point. But really, it's going to come down to the pass rush. The pass rush eats and keeps Stafford inconsistent. That's the way the Steelers are going to win games. There's too much inconsistency in the secondary right now.
3: Yeah, absolutely. We've seen now two young quarterbacks in a Sean McVay system and a Kyle Shanahan system really take advantage of the Steelers' defense. Two younger guys in C.J. Stroud and Brock Purdy in the Steelers' losses to Houston and and um san francisco so now you've got though the elder statesman of of the quarterbacks in this this system if you will and that's um, matthew stafford the mobility is not going to be there as much Uh now reading down the field pre-snap stafford's as good as anybody in the league because he's been doing it a while but uh, for fantasy purposes I, I don't care if you're rooting for the steelers or, or not in the game um cooper cup needs to be starting on your roster next week against the pittsburgh steelers because no matter who they put out there i I think he's going to get his stats he's going to get his his fantasy points now can the steelers limit it enough can they make big plays in the right moments to limit the scoring and stay in this game that's going to be huge um but yeah to answer the second part of the question joey porter jr should have been starting from the gate. Uh, And I know that they had issue with his, his tackling and that's probably been what kept him off the field to a point. But it, it, if he doesn't start or, you know, come in after the first sequence or whatever, and play the majority of snaps out at cornerback, then the Steelers are, are, have lost their mind on defense (laughs) in the coaching room. So um, Andrew, here's a, here's a question to pose to you real quick. Just give you a, uh, give me a real quick answer. If Corey Trice never got hurt, <laughs> would Joey Porter Jr. and Corey Trice be the best cornerbacks on the Steelers roster potentially?
4: That's tough. I would still probably put Porter or I would still probably put Peterson above Trice, but top three. Yes.
3: Yeah. I think it, it's, you know, it's, it's a youth movement that was needed on, in the secondary there at cornerback. And I just hope Corey Trice comes back healthy. And honestly, whether he does or not cornerback might be a need for Pittsburgh again in 2024. And we'll discuss that you and me down the road on the Steelers fix for sure. But um, you know, we were talking about last week on the Steelers fix that we think maybe cornerback might be a move that they need to make before the tra- trade deadline even to bring somebody in opposite Joey Porter jr. That's still on the table. If uh, you have questions about that in the, among the listeners, then go ahead and ask that. We'll, we'll give some, some of our thoughts there. Um, Here's a, here's a good question here from Javier Mori. Are we disappointed with another nine and eight season and no playoffs? If if that's what ends up happening, then, uh, you know, would we be disappointed with that? I would be disappointed with that. I had much higher hopes for the Steelers this year. Now, obviously, what we've seen from the team so far, it kind of lends itself towards that direction. So maybe I've maybe I've toned down my level of disappointment that it would be, but still, it would be a disappointment from where we were hoping this team would be, what we thought maybe they could put together, specifically offensively this season. If the Steelers go 9-8 and eight and no playoffs, it means the offense never got out of the rut. It means the defense couldn't quite keep up enough splash plays to keep them in all these games and they just lose out in a tough AFC. But Andrew, are you disappointed if this is the result this season Um, after what we've seen so far this year?
4: Absolutely. I, yeah. We've talked about before how for a team like the Steelers in the situation the Steelers are in, there is nothing worse that could happen than to be nine and eight, just missing the playoffs because there, there's not going to be enough heat put on the coaching staff for changes to be made. You're still going to miss the playoffs, and you're not going to be picking high enough for anything to drastically change. We get a potentially alt- franchise-altering player or prospect. And there's a lot of guys at the top this year. There's several guys that we're still kind of waiting for breakouts, but the top of the draft this year is really looking good. And the depth, in my opinion, is much better than last year as well. This past draft was really weak. This would have been a draft that if the Steelers were just getting bad. You could have at least looked at the silver line and say, hey, we can capitalize and turn this thing around really quickly. If you're 9-8, and you're wondering, okay, is Kenny the guy that can get us to the next level? What do we do about offensive coordinator? Mike Tomlin still never had a losing season, though. I mean, nothing is going to change. It's going to be the status quo, and we're going to see the same (laughs) thing over and over. History repeats itself until it does.
3: Yeah, absolutely. All All right, right. let's pop up another question here. This is an important one. And then after this question, we'll go to a quick break and then we'll come back and continue on with our discussion. Mark Malone asks, Will the offense locate the end zone? That is the question. That is the question, Andrew. Will the offense find ways to locate the end zone in the second portion of their season? They're, I mean, they're gonna have to. How what are some ways you think, Andrew, that that the Steelers could improve their scoring with? the team that they have right now. And I know uh, we'll get to maybe some IR candidates here in a little bit to, that are coming back and and see if that maybe helps, but anything specifically you think the Steelers can do to improve their scoring in the second half of the season, based on what you've seen so far.
4: It sounds elementary, but get it to your big guys, get it to Pickens, get it to fryermuth get it to Darnell Washington, get it to the guys that can go up and get it above everyone else. Those are your three biggest red zone weapons. Deontay Johnson, solid receiver. I don't want to see him getting a bunch of targets in the red zone. Not that he can't get touchdowns, but there's a reason why he had zero touchdowns last year. That's because he's not a threat in the red zone. The Steelers will be much more efficient if they can continue to feed Fryermuth, get Darnell Washington involved, and truly make Pickens the number one receiver, especially when you get down toward the goal line. Who? What better guy to have getting targets in the red zone with a guy with that type of body control toward the yeah. sideline? I want Pickens getting the ball in the red zone a lot. I do not know why the Steelers are not doing that. That's on Matt Canada.
3: Yep. Even when Deontay Johnson comes back, you still have to treat George Pickens as your wide receiver one. In my opinion, you've got to do that. He needs to get your targets and get the ball down the field. And in the red zone, like you're talking about, they need to involve Darnell Washington more in the offense, in the passing game specifically where he has been an afterthought to this point. And uh, I think you and, and I, for sure, maybe most dealer Nation thought maybe he could be really that multifaceted two-way weapon uh, in the blocking game for the run. And then also as a receiver in the middle of the field and in the red zone. And to this point, whether it's lack of opportunity or just lack of trust from Kenny Pickett and, and Matt Canada at this point, it just hasn't happened yet so we will see good question mark all right if you're listening on audio we're going to take a quick break and get some ad reads in here uh if you're listening live if you're tuning into the live youtube show of of the steelers q a then we're not going anywhere so stick put stay tuned we'll be right back
2: A woohooer, a hand clap, or a high-fiver. I kind of like the high-five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at
3: ChumbaCasino.com.
0: No purchase necessary. VGW group void are prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
3: All right, we're back here on the Steelers. Q&A on a Sunday night I've got Andrew Wilbar with me I'm Jeremy Betts and we're talking some Steelers football and answering your questions live on YouTube Twitter or X I like to call it Twix. if you haven't heard me say that yet um, if you have I apologize for using the same lame joke over and over but I'm a dad so that's what I do um, okay so uh, let's bring up a question here from, from Afton for it. Uh, it. Always brings the good questions on this show and, and every other live show that she tunes into. Who are you most excited to have come off the injured reserve list? Andrew, who is that person for you?
4: It has to be Cameron Hayward. I, I, I To me, it's just a no-brainer. With the way this defensive line has struggled, generating consistent push and consistent strength overall in the run game. I don't know if it's necessarily a strength and conditioning issue, but the Steelers are still struggling maintaining ground at the line of scrimmage and not getting pushed back off the ball. Larry Ogunjobi's been a little bit inconsistent. He's shown some flashes, but has been the consistent force. I think he can be what the Steelers need him to be when he has Cameron Hayward there. I think you also see stronger play from Keanu Benton, who would then be playing in between two veterans in Ogunjobi and Hayward. It's just going to improve the team overall, having that leadership out there is huge and uh, a lot of the stuff that cameron hayward is responsible for on defense is not even seen visibly on the field but just the the defense is a more confident unit when hayward is out there they have a stronger identity of who they are they know who they are what type of defense they are when cam is out there because really even though tj watt is the best player on the defense cameron hayward is the identity of the steelers physical front defense
3: yeah he is he is the identity he's the the leader the alpha he basically is the energy of the front seven and you know you sorely miss that when he's out obviously he's been a presence on the sideline he's been a a an asset there to the defense to the young players getting in but no better uh, no better uh, asset would he be than actually on the field so hopefully he's ahead of schedule or at least on schedule to return and help the Steelers make a push in the second half of the season. I'm excited for Deontay Johnson to come back. You get more of your full compliment there uh, of weapons. He needs to come back and somebody has got to get some separation here uh, more regularly. And I say that with the caveat, don't go back to treating him as your wide receiver one though. Don't do it. If he, if he has to be one B that's fine. But George Pickens, needs to be treated and schemed up as your wide receiver one. He is the best wide receiver on this team. Actually, no, scratch that. He's the best offensive player on this team. Get him the darn football as much as you can and let Deontay Johnson be the type of supporting piece he was drafted to be with Antonio Brown still there and let that be the type of guy that you get. So I don't know, Andrew, if the Steelers go back to... 15 targets a game for Deontay Johnson and George Pickens goes down to six targets, then I mean what have we accomplished? We've accomplished nothing, even with his return, I don't think, on offense. So I am excited to see him back, but I would say <laughs> be cautious, Matt Canada and company. Um don't don't forget who's gotten you where you are so far. George Pickens, if not for a couple huge plays from him, this the Steelers could be one and four. in in games so that is something to to obviously consider all right brian brown do you think matthew stafford will survive the steelers defense talking about rams steelers again on sunday at one o'clock steelers will be or maybe it's four o'clock actually for the late window on sunday uh since they're traveling out west do you think matthew stafford will survive the steelers defense the rams like to get rid of the ball quick um, you know, it's in and out of the quarterback's hands, a lot of shotgun for them. Um, I, you know, if, if you want the Steelers to, to really put a beat down on Matthew Stafford, first and foremost, though, you've got to stop Tyron Williams, who's been playing out of his mind to start the season, seven touchdowns on the season for him already. And one of the leading scrimmage yard earners in the NFL in his second season, he's been a revelation for them. So, uh, you got to stop the run so that they can't just so that your defense can tee up and they can't just run you up and down the field. So, uh, I think if they can do that, if they can limit Williams' impact and this running game's impact, then yes, I think they could make Matthew Stafford very uncomfortable. But we have yet to see it against this style of offense this season. Andrew, what do you think? Can they make Matthew Stafford extremely uncomfortable this next week?
4: Do they have the ability to? I do. Think they can but like you mentioned they do like to get the ball out fast and i believe stafford this year has one of the quicker release times really in the entire league which is a big change up from the rest of stafford's career really he's a guy who likes to sit in the pocket go through his reads and make things happen but if the rams they're trying to preserve as much as they can of matthew stafford they give up a lot to get him and i don't think the rams just want to say hey we got one super bowl with them obviously that made the move worth it but it's not they want to do more with that than just what they are, and you're, we're just seeing how Sean McVay's orchestrated this. The Rams are might be in playoff contention, and nobody yep. thought that that was even a mere possibility at the start of the year, because everyone thought Matthew Stafford's washed after the injuries he had last year. He came back, he's gotten healthier, and despite not adding a whole lot to the offensive line, Matthew Stafford's playing really good football right now, and a lot of it is yep. due to the way Sean McVay has schemed up the offense and the emergence of Puka Nakua, and now that you have cutback, their team you don't want to face on offense, and the fact that Karen Williams is actually a really good fit for Sean McVay's offense. He's never a guy I really jumped on in terms of hype coming out of in the draft because he wasn't the biggest back, wasn't the fastest guy. Yeah. I just kind of thought he was an overrated guy who was a benefit of a great offensive line at Notre Dame. But now he's producing with a running, with a run blocking offensive line that's mediocre at best. So I've got to give props to him as well. But this is not an offense you want to face and if you're the Steelers traveling out west after extended time off hasn't always worked well for Mike Tomlin led teams we'll see what happens
3: yeah just a quick note on Kyron Williams I was out at the combine actually Andrew on on him specifically um and somebody can maybe look this up and tell me if I'm right on this but it stuck out to me that I think he ran the 40 in a high four six like a four six eight four, six, six or something at like the that. Com, yeah. yeah. Something like that. And I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. He looked so much faster on tape, I thought, but then you get to the, uh, get him to the NFL level and his vision is working. And I think obviously the, the blocking scheme is working really well for him. And he's, he's, um, he's being able to read that pretty well so far. So, uh, definitely rising above <laughs> my, uh, expectations for him um let's let's add do some more draft talk here andrew you and i we can get up for draft talk any day of the week so afton asks are there going to be any centers in next year's draft that con should be watching i think you and i can both think of the same guy right off the top of our heads but andrew anybody else than a certain georgia center that we uh we like
4: yeah we've we've mentioned the name cedric van pran probably a good hundred times on the steelers <laughs> face I still love the guy. I still think he's by far the best center in the draft. I think he could be a generational center if he continues to develop. After him, there's not a bunch. Alabama center, that was supposed to be really solid. The name is slipping me right now, but uh, it was supposed to be really a strong center candidate for you know maybe second, third round this year. He struggled this year. Uh, there's a lot of guys that could be in that second, third round range. Texas A&M has a prospect as well uh, that's still going through some inconsistencies the guy that just stands out above the rest is cedric van pran there's there's a multitude of names that we'll get into because i think there is a solid bit of depth at Senator this year compared to previous years but there's nothing proven outside of in my opinion cedric van Prawn. some people would argue he hasn't even proven anything i i think that he's the clear choice he fits what the offensive line yeah. wants to do he's scheme versatile there's so many good things about van pran he's got the the quickness the power he has a chance to be a creed humphrey level draft prospect except he he may end up getting drafted a little bit higher than what creed ends up get, being drafted
3: yeah is it seth mclaughlin from alabama that you're talking about is he their center
4: yes yeah okay
3: yeah yeah he's had a couple good games um I was watching some of their highlights from this last week and they were bulldozing some guys. So yeah, but Cedric Van Pran. now, Andrew, well, let's say this. If the Steelers do finish nine and eight and kind of in the middle of the pack, Van Prawn could be a guy that you could get in the first round. That would be someone that falls in that range for the Steelers where they could get a high impact player right away in the first round, even if they're not up in the top 10 or whatever, uh, to get maybe a generational skill position, talent, or defensive prospect. You could still get a guy like Van Prawn in the middle of the first round somewhere. Um, and centers have been devalued, I think, a little bit too, in the draft specifically, not on the field. For some reason, it's one of those positions where their on-field value is extremely high, and everybody acknowledges that, but nobody wants to draft one in the first round. <laughs> so um, we'll see if that changes with with Van Prawn. Um, let's see. Here's a good question. Are you guys sold on Kenny or not? Uh, I mean, I don't know how you can be sold on Kenny Pickett yet, but I don't know how you can give up on him yet either. Uh, That's kind of my stance on it. Uh, Until you get a a guy who can – call plays at an NFL caliber level uh, and and run an offensive scheme that is uh, professionally – or ready for the professional game, then I don't think you can fully evaluate him uh you see enough good things you see enough of the intangibles late in games that you're like yeah I think maybe he could be I know the Steelers front office was was ready to crown him and and basically did crown him already but uh, no I'm not sold on him yet but I'm also not out on him yet Andrew what do you feel
4: same pretty much I I think it's very telling that Kenny is not sold and Matt Canada and his offense that it works but I think it's also a concern that Mike Tomlin may not be completely sold on Kenny Pickett. And this has been a theme since he was drafted. This was Art Rooney the second's guy. Art Rooney stepped in and said, We're not letting this guy fall back. We already did this as a franchise when we let Dan Marino fall past As We did we're not gonna allow that to that issue to come up again. We're gonna take the hometown guy, the guy that we think is a safe pick. And yeah. it, when Tomlin says, you know, he's a high floor guy after the draft, that's when like light should have flashed off. Okay. This was not Mike Tomlin's guy. And we kind of knew his guy was Malik Willis. And I'm just curious to see what would have happened with Willis in a system like the Steelers. Would the Steelers have used his athleticism, at least in a way where we would have seen more immediate production than Kenny Pickett or seen him even this year in an offensive line that's been up and down. Would we've been able to see him use that additional mobility outside the pocket to create things and just kind of change up the way the offense looks I don't think yeah. we necessarily would have because, again, the, 90% of the issue with this offense is Matt Kanda. So I'm not blaming Kenny Pickett for the majority of it, but there are things he needs to improve on, getting through progressions better. But you, you could see a totally different quarterback when he finds an offense that he actually believes in and that we actually yeah. see that it works at the NFL level. We're not going to see that until at the end of the, through this year. So unless the Steelers lose out and you're picking high enough to get a Caleb Williams or a J.J. McCarthy or a Shadour Sanders, Drake May, a guy like that, And like that guy rises above the rest in the draft process. And you have some confidence that that's the guy. I don't think you give up on Kenny yet. You you've invested too much into him by passing on quarterbacks in this past draft, by taking him a year early, by passing on Malik Willis and by passing on other high profile players at positions of need, the Steelers took Kenny Pickett at this point, it's a worthy investment just to ride with him. We've seen potential from him more than what I even gave him credit for. You just have to get the coordinator that's actually going to work with him and help him.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Did you see Malik Willis's play today? I did not. Yeah, he uh, subbed in for Ryan Tannehill and proceeded to take about four sacks on one drive. That they still went down the field and scored a a field goal on because the Ravens just gave like the Ravens committed like six penalties on that one drive whether it was holding calls, roughing the passer calls. But, I mean, every time Willis dropped back the pass, it was just like he froze. It was either he froze and got sacked or he took off and run, and it just wasn't working. I, but they're not doing him any favors over there either. So, uh, obviously, uh, you know. He needs a fresh start. <laughs> that quarterback class is not looking. I mean, it's looking about, like, I guess what the NFL maybe deemed it to look like. Maybe some guys who can help you a, a little bit. Desmond Ritter, eh. Brock Purdy. Sam Howell yeah Brock Purdy Sam Howell has looked actually in my opinion Sam Howell has looked the best of any of these quarterbacks on That's like fair. an individual talent level that you see just more NFL level throws from him on a regular basis uh so I'll just leave that there <laughs> but yeah Malik Willis has, has really struggled uh, as well here so uh okay here's another question uh Mr. Jimmy Dean one hey guys awesome timing for a podcast glad you think so thanks for tuning in Will Kenny, throw three touchdowns in a game? I'm assuming he means ever because um, we haven't seen it yet. And with Pat out, why not target Washington in the red zone? Andrew, we've all been asking this question. Part of it is because the Steelers are rarely in the red zone. And uh, <laughs> when they do the ineptitude, there is is pretty mind boggling and staggering as well. But um, does Kenny Pickett have that type of upside this season specifically? And uh, what do you do to get Washington more involved in the red zone?
4: For the three touchdowns in game, I don't think he will. Matt Kanda, it, it, there's just the, – you see the ceiling on this offense, and the ceiling is so low that if you get up from crouched knees, you're going to hit your head on the ceiling. I mean, it <laughs> it, it it's, it, it's it can't go very far. I mean, the, yeah, the only right. way the Steelers are going to be able to put up 30 points in the game ever is if the defense scores, like, multiple touchdowns. So I really don't – and unless it's a garbage time touchdowns, or the Steelers get a fumble recovery on the two yard line a couple twice in the same game, and there happen to be throws to the corner of the end zone, I don't think that we see three touchdowns in a game the entire year from Kenny Pickett. And yeah. why not target Washington in the red zone? I mean that that's the, yeah. that's the answer to the question. <laughs> why, he, why I don't not? care whether he's raw or not. I don't care how raw six foot eight tight end is. Just throw it up to him if he has hands and can catch it and can jump high enough which we know Washington can, you can't do a whole lot to stop that. So one yard line, you're going to do a play action pass. Why not throw it up high and see if Washington comes down with it?
3: Yeah, why not? <laughs> He's taller than everybody else Doesn't on the field. Working? Give him a shot. Yeah, exactly. Nothing else is working. Um, yeah, here's my scenario for Kenny Pickett throwing three touchdowns in a, in a game. Um, busted coverages and the, the secondary loses half their starters by – game's end uh, in, in a high-scoring affair against the Bengals or something like that. You know what I mean? That's just kind of the scenario there. The one thing, Andrew, that is, I mean, the Steelers can't even do move the football in garbage time. Like, we, we've seen a couple games now, uh, this season and last season, where the Steelers are down big in the fourth quarter, like down big, and you need to go down and score touchdowns to at least make it a game. They can't even do that like soft coverages and, and nothing's working and uh, prevent defenses. And they still can't move the ball. They still can't get a first down. It's still three and outs. And to me, that's just, you don't know how to scheme up football. If you can't, if you can't even take advantage of soft coverages and, and uh, take the dump offs and move the ball down the field. So it, it doesn't, it's not the kind of offense where even if the Steelers are down big, we could say, yeah, Kenny Pickett throws three touchdowns in this game but it's because they were down so big in the fourth quarter they still don't even do that so very disappointing um if you're a steelers fan hoping to um to see better uh let's get back to some more uh rams talk uh gavin anthony asked anyway, did anyone see puka nakua coming oh i did i i mean I tagged him out of college as the next great receiver. Wide- no i'm kidding i did not do that andrew did you see puka nakua coming i mean we saw good things he was definitely a sleeper. We talked about him in the wide receiver uh, position breakdown in, in our lead-up to the draft when we were breaking down each position. We talked about sleepers. Puka Nakua was getting some sleeper hype, and he went to a, a really good situation, obviously, and ha- has been getting targets in a scheme that effectively gives you two to three yards of separation on most plays, if the quarterback can read it and find, find you. So he's obviously – Taking advantage of that and and making plays, catching footballs, making plays after the catch. I can't say I saw him coming as a record breaker as far as targets early in in career, but uh and and catches. But Andrew, what were your thoughts on Puka Nakua coming out of college, and and what can the Steelers do just to kind of tie this into the game? What can the Steelers do to limit his style of play?
4: I was not high on Nakua. It wasn't necessarily that I disliked him as a prospect. He's just one of those late round guys that blends in with all the other late round guys because he's just another guy. He's a six-one guy that runs a four five, four, six, forty. He's not great in any one area. And usually when you're when I'm evaluating late-round draft prospects, even if they're not a complete prospect, which most late-round prospects are not, I'm looking for something. This guy's got elite speed. This guy's got elite size. This guy has elite body control instincts. They have some specific trait that they are fantastic in, and there's other things in their game that you can work with and you can develop. There's enough there to take a chance on and see if you can hit a home run. I would never saw Pukunuku as a home run pick. I saw him as a guy who maybe at best could be like an Eric Decker type player, a guy who could maybe get a couple touchdowns with secure hands in the red zone. I didn't see him being a guy that was going to be a target monster. I really didn't. And I mean, the, you lit, he's literally become Cooper cup 2.0 to an extent. I mean, he started off the same way cup started yeah. off cup was obviously taken a little bit higher, but same thing. I mean, cup was a four, seven receiver. He's not, he wasn't yeah. even that fast. But then when you put the pads <laughs> on him, it's like, he's literally faster, which makes no sense yeah. at all. So I did not see him coming. I don't know how the Steelers necessarily stop both him and Cup. I just think that you have to get just like any team, you got to get physical with them, and you can't allow them to get separation underneath. And the Steelers, the, we're, yeah. we're playing the, we roll out the same prevent, like a, a, a pretty much a prevents you from winning. Yeah, it, the, we always say conservative Bemba don't break, but really, it's a liberal prevent defense, is what it is. It's an aggressive <laughs> they, prevent defense, is what it is.
3: Yeah, absolutely, um, man. It's 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 totally different stories, obviously, from like George Pickens for the Steelers and Puka Nakua for the Rams. Nobody's pegging Puka Nakua as the next great receiver, but there were a lot of scouts. There were a lot of people who we're familiar with Pickens tape at Georgia and the Steelers being one of them that said, Ooh, this, this guy is a potential elite wide receiver at X level. So he was kind of pegged for that maybe early on and is starting to live up to those expectations. I ran some calculations earlier in the week, Andrew, just cause I was bored and I was looking at, some, at stuff. Uh, George Pickens is on pace for over 1300 receiving yards and seven and a half touchdowns ish uh, on the season. So, that's a that's a pro bowl style season for for him and I think a coming out party for him especially when you consider the offense he's playing and if he's making that many plays then what could he do in in a in a offense that actually schemes him up so uh we will see how that goes but still a good showing from George Pickens so far this season. All right, Gavin did ask me this um a couple of weeks ago last week maybe um I asked this question to Jeremy but Andrew what do you think the Steelers should do at the quarterback position this offseason. If things remain the same and you're kind of just like floating there as a middle of the pack team and and you're looking to move on to a new offensive coordinator next year, which the Steelers are in all likelihood planning to do, they're just not going to do it in season. What do you do at the quarterback position if you're drafting in the middle of the first round? Are you trading up for a quarterback if one falls to you a little bit or are you just kind of riding with picking another year and with the guys you have another year under a new offense and seeing how it goes? What's your plan for the Steelers this offseason at quarterback?
4: I say wait until we figure out where we're picking in the draft first. It's so hard to tell because you have a lot of guys. We already mentioned Shadur Sanders from Colorado. He At this point, he, we're, he's probably gone. If the Steelers are picking in that 16 to 18 range, which is where I think we kind of are projecting it to be because we're not expecting losing season. But at the same point, if the offense can't get off the ground, you're, I, there's too many good teams in the AFC, despite injuries, despite everything else. That is, it's going to make it difficult for the Steelers to get into the playoffs, even with the seven teams. I think, the, in all likelihood, the quarterbacks that are significantly better than Kenny Pickett are going to be off the board. That have significantly higher upside, they're going to be gone. There's too many teams. I mean, just look around the league at all the injuries we've had this year. If the Jets aren't confident in Zach Wilson, the way everything else goes. Do you start getting a new succession plan for Aaron Rodgers? With Minnesota, do you move on from Kirk Cousins? Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo goes down. The Bears, what are they doing? Is Justin Fields the guy? Is he not? There's, I mean, literally half the league right now is considering, do do we take one of these five, maybe six quarterbacks that could go in the first round? Not everyone's going to get their guy, but the guys that rise to the top are going to get taken before the Steelers are legitimately going to move up. I know the Steelers are more aggressive in the front office now with Khan and Weidel and all those guys, but ultimately, I don't think you're going to find a guy that's significantly better than Pickett. If you stay where you're at at 18, I like the idea of Cedric Van Prawn at center, or you have to go some other route where you're getting a potentially elite player at another position. I don't think you find that at quarterback in the middle of just about any draft. I'm not saying never, because there's always guys that we may feel like you know they're just highly underrated by the national media. But when you're looking from a broad perspective, I think fix the offensive coordinator spot first. And even if the quarterback class of 25, 2025 happens to be not quite as good as this upcoming years, at least, you know, you exhausted every option for Kenny Pickett and you gave him a fair chance. Right now, nobody has a fair chance when Matt Canada is their offensive coordinator. I hate to say that. and I don't glory in anyone losing their job because it is their livelihood. But ultimately, you got to cut dead weight. And Matt Canada is dead weight on this coaching staff. <laughs>
3: I agree, man. hundred percent. Um, I think you got to stick with Pickett um, until you get in a new offensive coordinator and see how that goes. I think you do. I think you build around him another year. And then if it doesn't work out, you've done a lot of building up around a young quarterback just to move on to another young quarterback. Um, you're, you're in still good shape to potentially get off the ground running if you find that guy. So we'll see. Um, you got to give Kenny Pickett another year though. All right. Uh, we're getting down to where we're going to wrap things up here soon, but I want to get in some more of these questions. Um, Javier is back with uh, who has been the most underwhelming free agency pickup so far? Andrew, who you got? I'm not saying this a lot of Patrick Peterson in the comment section. I'm not going to say this in a
4: negative way. But one of the first names that actually came to mind was Isaac Siemollo, just because I set the yeah. expectation so high for his ability to yeah. come in and just be a tone setter on that offensive line. I still think he will be in time. I'm not saying he was a bad free agent pickup. I still love the signing. But if you're talking about immediately underwhelming, I would say Isaac Siemollo, just because the expectation was so high for his ability to just really change the tone of this offensive line. But I think Cole Holcomb's yeah. another guy I expected a little bit more from.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm gonna throw. Uh, something up here a comment up here uh, from no one you know he says I caught crap for saying there was a chance Pat Pete wouldn't be good well fast forward a few months lol uh so it is Andrew we had talks right where I was like oh I don't know if I like this signing I would have much rather kept our guy Cam Sutton here on this team and I, I just thought the Steelers pushed themselves into a box uh, as far as the type of coverages they could run I thought that Maybe Patrick Peterson had lost too much of a step to be able to keep it going Uh, another year, and he had looked okay at Minnesota at times, but there were still some signs that maybe he was slowing down. I thought it was more of a a name grab than anything. We had talked about that, and and then kind of warmed up to the idea a little bit more. I thought the leadership would be great for Joey Porter Jr. after the draft and everything, but to me, he's the most disappointing. I think that he had a a chance to really – maybe lock down one side and let Joey Porter Jr. Uh, grow on the other side in place of Mike Wallace. But now you almost can't pick which one Joey Porter needs to replace because they've both been so bad. And if Patrick Peterson had lived up to expectations or a little bit more this season so far, then maybe you just say, okay, Joey, go go take uh, Wallace's place and, and we're, we're golden. And then you you can mix in whoever you want to on the inside. But that's just not been the case. And now you've got you've got more spots where you need help than you've got players that can adequately fill it. So that's why I would say Patrick Peterson. So no one you know, I was on board with you from the beginning, man. I don't know if you listened to the Steelers fix at all, but I was there. I was right there with you. <laughs> and uh, it's starting to come true, unfortunately. Put and, Porter Jr. Uh,
4: in there and you'll see a different player.
3: Okay. Okay. So that's that's a great argument there. You know, get somebody who can help on the other side, and and you know somebody he doesn't have to worry about as much maybe, and, and he looks better. That's that's a good argument uh, to make. I think that you know, uh, obviously you get better players and it helps everybody around you. And uh, I don't know what the Steelers are doing at safety right now. They they kind of figure some stuff out. I
4: don't think they back know
3: there. Yeah, I don't think they know either. I, I think they thought they knew what they had, and it's not panning out that way you had concerns about that, uh, credit to you for that safety group. I was, I was more, I was less concerned about them. So we hit some, we, we missed some, that's what happens. And, uh, that's, that's the game we love and the, and the game that they play. (laughs) So we will see. Um, all right, let's see. All right, Andrew, let's just go ahead and, and start doing our final thoughts here. It's been a fun show. I appreciate you coming on again. We'll be on this, on the Steelers fix. Later this week on Tuesday afternoon, we'll be talking uh, predictions for the Steelers remaining schedule based on what we've seen and uh, you'll be able to get whether we think that this is still a playoff team potentially or not. We'll talk about all that on Tuesday. Andrew, anything coming up on the Steel Curtain Network or SteelCurtain.com or sorry, SteelCurtainNetwork.com for you. uh, Anything that you want to tell us about podcast wise too?
4: AFC North news and notes. Uh, we That's a weekly article that will be coming out. Uh, the big thing I always say is watch once we get toward November, and especially once we get into December, which is just right around the corner. I mean, we are less than two months away from a mock draft. We are, I mean, it, draft season is fast approaching. And each week on the Steelers Fix, we go through a few draft prospects each week, guys that are rising, guys that are falling. Just keep an eye on some of those guys we're mentioning. You're going to see some of those guys pop up in the – early mock drafts and there's a lot that has changed. There's a lot that's going to continue to change, but uh, just keep an eye out for that. We have a lot of draft content coming. I'm not even sure what is in the plans this spring at uh steel curtain network, but I know that we're going to have draft content and we're looking forward to bringing it to you, both Jeremy yeah. and I. So uh, keep, keep an eye out for it. We're going to have a lot coming, but until then saddle up as bad as it seems, we're still three and two. So, <laughs> The season's not done. It's just not very exciting because I think we all kind of know what the end result's going to be. But again, it's the NFL. You never know what could happen.
3: You never do. And that's why we watch the game. That's why we're fans of the game. Andrew, it's been fun. I appreciate you joining me on a Sunday night. Thank you to all of our listeners for joining in. It's uh, always fun to hear your questions, to engage with you. Hit us up on uh, social media and uh on the website as well comment on our articles we like to discuss those uh with with those comments as well so uh thank you so much for tuning in this show and all of our shows wouldn't be possible without you the listener let's ride into a new week with some high hopes for the pittsburgh steelers we will see what they can do against the los angeles rams in rams country next weekend for now that's going to do it for the Steelers Sunday Night Q&A. O- Check us out next time here on the Steel Curtain Network.